Hey everybody, welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. Uh, we're doing episodes 22, 23, and 24 of Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. I'm Ty Tuesday, and uh, if I sound like shit, it's because I got off of a three-day onion bender. My life is a lot, <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> so we have some pretty exciting episodes. Uh, a lot of stuff pops off, uh, and we get just so much story all at once. There... Ghost in the Shell, when they said these were complex episodes, I, they were fucking around before, but like now they mean it. Now we <laughs> now found they out. do mean it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, these episodes go straight into the deep end in terms of the plot because they got to wrap up the season in five or so episodes. So yep. um, mm-hmm. let's just jump right in then. Uh, episode 22, we see a bunch of cars pull up to a skyscraper. Uh, the DEA head, Nimi, that we saw Mimi. in the last couple episodes. Yeah. He's um, our big he, bad. Just kidding. Kind of, maybe. <laughs> um, he's talking to his secretary saying that like Aramaki won't get further than me. Uh, Aramaki, of course, shows up with a warrant for his arrest in the Sunflower killings and also the killing of uh, I- Ima Karasu. Um, he admits that the narcs uh, blew up the Sunflower place, but he said that Imaratsu is in his fault. Um, the chief's like, no, he is uh, the narc head dude we kidnapped uh, or arrested snitched on you. So uh, we got whole recordings of everything that you've ever said to him. Uh, yeah, the dude that Major shot into a mech. Yeah, he uh, snitched, so Weird. Yeah, this guy is totally fucked. Um, the title of this episode is Scandal. Uh, so Weird. we see detectives clearing out of the DEA office. The chief is giving orders to Pazimboma. Um, he takes an elevator downstairs, and we see that former prime minister, um, Ka- was it Kanzaki? Kanzaki? Yeah, he's the dude he, uh, that the chief helped out in that uh, kidnap the daughter episode yep. with the Russian lady. Um, so yeah, he thanks Aramaki for the daughter's uh, safe return, and then um, asks Kanzaki asks him, "Is like so? How, how's the Laughing Man case going?" He's like, "I wonder who's pulling the strings." And the chief's like, "Oh, you know, I can't comment on this." And, <laughs> and so Kanzaki is like, "Well, it must be the Secretary General Yakushima." And the chief kind of just scowls and he's like, "Yep, I guessed right. Got him in one." Yeah. So he gives uh, Aramaki some friendly advice uh, to watch himself because Yakushima has some scary friends and also a large pull with the Navy for some reason. That's not important. And uh, Chief's like, hmm. Yeah. So Chief calls Bato, uh, who's looking into uh, Aoi. But of course, obviously, he has no lead since Aoi can seemingly just disappear in the thin air. Quite literally, when yeah. you have cyber eyes. Yeah. So Chief is, of course, is like, this guy's a witness. We need to track him down. He knows shit. Um, he knows how the vaccine list and the Laughing Man case are connected, which is like the linchpin of our argument, you know, when we go to court. So mm-hmm. the chief also has some info regarding um, a mech from the mech from last episode. Um, he's like, I'll talk to you about it later. And so Bato goes and fills in Togusa because he's at the uh, hospital with him and tells him about all this stuff. Togusa is um, not looking good, by the way. I mean, he looks like he got shot, so... Yeah, yeah. like shit. Yeah. He's in a hospital bed, but, like, it is one of those shitty hospital trips. Yeah. Um, he tells him that the Major's getting a new body since the one in the fight with the mech got wrecked last episode. Uh, Bato's also talking about how, you know, my eyes got hacked just like yours, so I kind of feel bad for you now that I made fun of you. Yeah, he's been giving him so much shit over all this and, like, calling Pogusa a baby and shit, and then how he hacked his fucking eyes, so, like, good job, dude. Yeah. Um, he leaves the vaccine list with Togusa, and Togusa's like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, 
So we cut over to Paz uh, doing some legwork. He just like kind of cloaks his way into the DEA's office and just asks for, you know, the roster of everybody on their team. And the dude uh, spooks like he's like, don't fucking do that to me. Come on. And closes <laughs> yeah. bl the blinds. Yeah, because from the guy's perspective, he just hears the door open and then sees a badge floating in midair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he says that all the DEA personnel are kind of faceless. They're ex-criminals and just like whoever they could get to do dirty wet work. And so like their faces may have changed and they don't know if the list is accurate. Um, we cut to the parking garage. Um, Aramaki's parking his car under section nine. A reporter pops out of nowhere and shows a picture of Aramaki's brother, whose name is Yosuke. He says um, he's like a sports journalist and shit, but this is the most suspect thing in the world. <laughs> Yeah, he says he's, yeah, like, just from, like, Sports Now magazine or something, which is, like, but why, wait, why Why are you involved in crime? Like, hey, he it, works yeah, for Sports really... Magazine, but he wants to get into the big leagues. So, right, you know, right. He does his dirty. Apparently, he's totally legit, because yeah, Aramaki, like, searches for him in his eyeball, and is like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, he's real. Runs a search on him. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently, uh, this Yosuke guy was arrested on drug charges, and he asked the chief to comment. So Aramaki takes a look at the picture, and uh, his brother Yosuke looks pretty much like him. This whole thing is great, too, because the guy, like, kind of walks up to his car, and Aramaki rolls it down that little half bit, so that's like, just so I can have a conversation with you. He passes the picture through to him, and Aramaki just fucking snatches it out of his hand and closes the window on him. <laughs> yeah, he says it looks like his brother, but his brother's been missing since the war, and that's all he gets. because photo! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he speeds out, out of uh, Section 9 headquarters, and we see him driving towards an island that's in the bay. Um, we cut over to the major, who's at the hospital with her uh, nurse girlfriend. Um, she says, uh, the girlfriend says, like, Major, you should get a custom body, because there's a body hanging up that looks exactly like the major, like in a rig. But with an arm. Yeah, because the major's arm is missing since last episode. But the major doesn't care about looks, um, and the girlfriend takes a look as like these specs are totally crazy. This is getting me horny. It's really and weird. also illegal. <laughs> she mentions yes. Yeah, as a reminder, her nurse girlfriend, like I guess she's like uh, certified in body prosthetic swapping stuff. So yep, this is why she knows all of this. Um, apparently she's there to act as a witness during the body swap. So I guess when, you know, somebody puts a brain to another person's, when you put someone's brain from one cyber body into another cyber body, there needs to be witnesses there to say that this has happened. I, I, I do love like this a notary. because it's like, it's not relevant to the show right now, but like the whole concept thinking through this of how you basically just created an operational teleporter paradox is yeah. really, really interesting as storytelling. Yeah, it's it's a good forethought and like to the world building of this because yeah. somebody like, sat down and thought about the legal logistics of this. Yeah, of course this would be a legal situation that you could just swap someone else's body into them. They claim to be that person and like I mean, you feasibly could have a custom made body that looks like anyone and then yeah. swap bodies into that and then impersonate them. So it's yeah, it's really really cool and it's wild what happens next. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the doctor doing the procedure is late, so the nurse goes and checks it. Um, we cut the Aramaki. Uh, he's at the jail uh, trying to see his brother. Uh, wait, is that even right? It's the hospital. The, like, basically, it's a guarded room in a hospital, I oh, think, because yeah. his brother yeah, overdosed. Yeah, he's like yeah. drunk crying. Yeah, sorry, my notes are kind of bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, Aramaki is trying to see his brother at the hospital or whatever. The guard won't let him in. And apparently it's orders straight from the top. So the chief is like, okay, I get it. But do you know anything about his condition? And the guy's like, still no info, sorry. I can't tell you. Yeah. 
we cut back to the hospital. Um, a nurse comes in. Her name is Sano. Uh, she's kind of like sleazy and off-puttish. Um, the very first oh shot you God. get of her. Yeah, I'm like evil, evil. Immediately, I was like, that's an hide evil it doctor right there. It's just her tits. <laughs> major, major. How can you not smell a rat? Like immediately. This is like yes. 90s side villain levels of boobage. <laughs> And like, yeah, it's, it's hair something else. And light <laughs> yeah. blue, like lipstick and everything. I was like, yep, that's that's evil right there. Yep. Considering- glasses that look like they're about to get up to some <laughs> shit. Yeah. Can I remove <laughs> your glasses for a crime, ma'am? <laughs> Considering what she like the procedure she's about to do, I'm surprised she isn't in like scrubs. You would think she's like in like an overcoat and then kind of like I don't know, like an office dress uniform. Can't show your titties off in that though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so she talks to the major for a bit and is like, oh, it's not your first time. So let's get this started. Um, she, the major gets into like a matching rig that the opposite of the body she's going to be put into. And like the first thing that happens is the doctor's like, well, we got to put you into like a cyber brain autistic mode. So your Wi-Fi is turned off. Airplane um, mode. It, yeah. This entire time the doctor is kind of creeping on her weirdly. Right. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, Makoto, please, honey. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> How is this not ringing every alarm bell? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut to Ishikawa and Bato at Section 9 HQ. Uh, the chief is late for their meeting, um, the meeting he told Bato about regarding the mech. And that's kind of unusual because the chief is very punctual. Ishikawa calls them where he wore it, but then they run an ID check. And they found that the chief was in the basement uh, with his car and then left after he ran the ID on the reporter. So they think also, that's Also, I love that when he calls him a worry wart, he specifically says, oh, you got your eyeballs hacked once and now you're all worried about everything, huh? And it's just kind of like absolutely roasting him for having roasted Togusa so yeah. much. It's yeah. quite Ishikawa good. is such a shit. I love him. Yeah, he roasts Bato several times in this uh, series. It's pretty great. Yep. Yeah, so the chief is in um, airplane mode as well, and his car has been down in the invited refugee district, which is real weird. So Bato's like, that area is dangerous. I'm going to go check it out. It's also like an island off the shore. Yes. So like mega slum. Yeah. Uh, We cut to the chief walking around in this uh, refugee, invited refugee district. Um, Like Vika said, it's kind of run down slummy. But it is skyscrapers too. Like it's a really interesting set up because they're completely in ruins but it was clearly built up at one point yeah they're like the skyscrapers are abandoned yeah um i guess it was probably the easiest way to say yeah. that um so he's walking around the city um there's a bunch of homeless people around doing assorted homeless people things um he finds the area where the picture of his brother was taken like it shows kind of a match cut shot of him holding the photo up to the bridge and he runs into a man who is running over to him calling him yosuke so the chief inquires about this, and another guy comes up and says, like, yeah, um, you might be, not be Yosuke, but your brother was here yesterday. The police took him away. It was fucked up. Red flag. Yeah. When a man walks <laughs> up to you saying, hey, are you your brother, the guy you look exactly like? Red flag. <laughs> Especially when his brother was dressed up in bum clothing, and this chief Aramaki's wearing a suit. So. Yeah. Uh, we cut to them having a tea underneath some derelict buildings, like in a tent. Um, apparently through conversation, we hear that Yosuke was respected here. He brought order when it was kind of just chaos before, uh, the chief asks the guy about drugs and the guy's like, oh yeah, of course the cops made up everything. And we got cell phone footage of Yosuke's innocence. Uh, we cut over to Bato finding the chief's car. He doesn't see that there was any signs of a struggle and he looks into the district. Uh, Ishikawa sees that the chief 
Ishikawa like hacks into the CCTV that I guess are still working on this refugee island. Look, if the cops and, get the money, they, they'll keep the CCTV running, if not the streetlights. I guess, yeah. So they see that the chief are talking to these guys, uh, but the image quality is very bad, and so like they can't really make out who he's talking to. And they don't so have Ishik- like the audio either. Yeah, so Ishikawa's like, I'm going to clean up the image and see what I can find on these guys he's talking to. Meanwhile, Bato runs off towards him. Um, Ishikawa's kind of interrupted on a call from Paz. Uh, apparently, he got the last info on the DEA agent's photos, and so he sends that over, and they're on a monitor to his right. And we get the most wonderful 56K modem image loading <laughs> thing of like all these JPEGs. really crinkly faces. Who could they be? Yeah, it's like progressive JPEG scanning. Only 90s kids will understand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't use Netscape, you don't know. Uh, so we cut the footage of Yosuke's arrest. Uh, I guess the chief is watching it right now. It's very cell phone footage. Cops totally planting cocaine on a guy. It's very 2020. It's pretty real, yeah. yeah. Like the, the cop yeah. literally just walks over and pulls it out of his pocket. Yeah, pulls it out, yeah. puts it down, and goes, Oh, hi, I found this fat. It's like, you fucker. Yeah. I've seen this video on fucking Twitter so many times. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Aramaki's like, of course it's made up. Of course the, the people in power are trying to, you know, get me in a tight spot by you flagging my brother down. So um, while he's saying this, we get intercuts of Ishikawa, like uh, doing his face cleanup software. Uh, the chief's like, listen, I'll take this CD. I'm going to repay you guys for the favor. You're doing me a huge solid here. And the guy's like, you don't have to repay us at all. And they jump on him yep. and drug him. Which, yeah, he says you're not going to get far enough to do any, which is just like, Okay, why did we need the theater of you giving him the memories of you stealing his brother? <laughs> if you were if just going to do if that. If you were just going to be like, I'm going to stab you now. <laughs> yeah, why did you have to have like a... You just like didn't want to kill a man and have him think his brother was doing shitty things, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of <laughs> you. They set up for... a whole recording of it, too. Like, it's messed yeah. up. Yeah, I, I just think like maybe the DEA agents are kind of, I don't know, sadistic. Fuckers. Considering what the yeah, nurse does later. Considering what we're about to yeah. learn. Yeah, so uh, as they jump and drug him, Ishikawa, we got to cut the Ishikawa. He's finishing his software. He sees that the faces he is looking at from the CCTV are the exact ones Paz just sent him, and he figures it out. Um, so he notices that the chief Wi-Fi comes back on with a call for help. Um, apparently, they are in like contact with the police scanners in the area as well, and so they hear that the drug deal in progress is going down, and the police are sending some cars over. Yeah, they are literally driving here right now as if they were parked on the side of the street ready to be called for this. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Bacho, of course, runs off um, trying to go save the chief. Uh, we get a shot of the last face that pa- Paz sent over. It's the Major's doctor, of course. What the? It wasn't obvious, yeah. Uh, we cut back to the hospital. Um, the doc is... So the Major is lying face down on this bed, and like the back of her skulls open up to show her like brain case, her cyber brain case. And the doctor is putting needles into the back of the brain case. And the doctor is being a jerk. She's asking, like, oh, does your brain hurt? And the Major's like, no, it can't, you idiot. She, she's literally um, like, oh, I did do you not like me for some reason? And Major's like, no disrespect, but no, fuck you, basically. Yeah. I just want to be done with this body swap thing, because this is... Look, I'm having a lot of philosophical dilemmas, and yeah, the faster we're done here, the faster <laughs> I can stop with I this. I feel that you would get some like existential dread like majorly as the back of your brain is opened up to be put in another robot. But the Major's but, just yeah. live with this shit, so I kind of get it. Oh, she's just I mean, like, she's used come to on, it, but... can we just hurry this up? But I'm also like, honey, when she's like, does your brain hurt? 
There's not like clinging in just to that might not be what a doctor would say to you as she's stabbing you. There's bad bedside manner and then there's evil. Evil bedside manner. (laughs) You get rated on uh, how good your bedside manner is. Like, well, they were trying to kill me. I'm going to get one star. I will say the thing she does is pretty incredible and must require a level of precision beyond understanding. Yes. (laughs) Because, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so she goes ahead and sticks a needle into the back of the major's brain. And this turns off the major's speech center. So, like, the major's mute now. And the doctor is like, well, of course, you now you can't call for help. And we get a shot of the nurse friend outside in, like, the viewing area. But she's asleep, despite the fact she's holding coffee. She's holding a cup of coffee that's clearly been drugged. Yep. Yeah. And uh, as we see this, like, we see the feet of a guy wearing a blue coat, coat walk past. I wonder who that could be. Ugh, mm-hmm. Never seen someone in a blue coat before. No. So the doctor starts taunting the major and is like, I'm going to start turning off your vision perspe- perception. Um and the doctor's like, you have, we had no choice to do this to you. Section 9 went way too far, and now I have to kill you before it's too late. She starts going, like, yeah, how does she it like feel specifically, to not be able to see the color blue anymore? Yeah, she's like, isn't the world cooler without red? Check this out. <laughs> and then at some point, yeah, she's like, sorry, I don't usually be this brutal, but... And it's like, no, nah, you're clearly having <laughs> oh a good time God, with yes, this. Right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like don't don't fucking tell me you're not having fun when you're over there cackling about like he he I'm gonna make it so you can't talk back. Isn't that fun? Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna keep going for about five How more about minutes. The color red. Yeah, yeah. So we oh. see the shot from the major's perspective. She's like the shot is just kind of looking at the ground since she's on this like table rack thing. Uh, but we see like the color red disappear, then the color green, and like right before the color blue goes out, the major sees some footprints or like feet walking up to where the doctor's feet are. And, and she's the doctor is not responding to this at all. No. Uh, we cut back to Bato. Uh, he's watching all the cops like drive across the bridge and show up to the slum district. Uh, the DEA guys, the evil DEA guys, uh, they flag down the cops and then show them over to Aramaki's tent. And while this is happening, it's kind of comical. Bato just like solid snake chokes them one at a time as they just have their back turned. One of the DEA guys is like basically crouched down in a sewer going like, hey, hey, hey I'm evil as he gets grabbed. Yeah, this is one of those things like Metal Gear where there's like five guys in a line all looking the same direction. Yes. And you just choke them one at a time. Must be my imagination. <laughs> You know, this yeah. will not be the last Metal Gear Solid reference <laughs> No, it won't. Today. <laughs> no. Um, so he ends up grabbing Aramaki along with the two DEA agents, and he has all three of them passed out in the back of his car driving away. Bato's having uh, a cut- very bad day at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we cut back to the Major. Uh, she is in darkness, and then she sees the Laughing Man logo just kind of boot up and start spinning around, and she thinks that this, this is a cruel joke that the DEA agent is playing. Uh, but Aoi chimes in and says like hey you can use my eyes for a second so we see the shot turn over to Atwee's perspective he's in like the corner of the room staring at the doctor who's doing normal doctor stuff right now and the two Makoto bodies are just kind of laying on their benches um, the major knows it's the laughing man instantly of course mm-hmm. and uh, Atwee says this is the third time we've met do you remember the other two mm. mm-hmm. uh, and he also chimes in to say he still doesn't like the name laughing man um, she's like, it's very dangerous to be here. Uh, what do you want? Why are you here? She's to the point, despite the fact that she has like nothing that she can do going on right now. Yep. <clears throat> so they have a conversation for a bit. I'll try to get to the highlights of it. Uh, Aoi wants help. The major thinks that's kind of backwards considering the position she's in. 
always says that he's in a tight spot and that she's his only option moving forward. Uh, the major calls him full of himself. Uh, always says that like, if I don't succeed then all the phonies in the world will be legitimized again, doing more phonies, you uh, say st- Stallinger stuff. Yep. Yeah. The major says like, you pull all these problems onto yourself. You need to do what you want. I always says, listen, uh, if you listen to my real laughing man story, like all the stuff that I'm about to tell you that actually happened and wait for me to do my final challenge. Um, I want you to bring the truth to light if I fail. So basically he's like, listen to what I have to say. I'm going to go do the last thing I need to do. And if I fail, just bring everything to light. Listen to my story. This may be our last <laughs> chance. No. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> ah, laughing man just starts laughing like Titus. Oh, anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the major's like, okay, sure. I got nothing going on right now considering my position. But uh, I just want to let you know that immature men die for causes while mature ones live for one. Um, and I don't like the former, which is what you are. And the laughing man's like, or always like, well, you fall into the same category. Um, just ask for help and I would give it to you, but you didn't because you're stubborn. <laughs> uh, the major's like, fine, do what you have to do, though I don't know if I can follow through on my part. And so Aoi says, if I know you, you absolutely will do this. So Yeah, so basically we're both ideological idiots and it's dumb of us to try to fight about it. Yeah, they're trying to be cooler than they actually are, yes. which I feel is what the entire thing here is. Um, so we see a shot of the monitor that the doctor's in front of. Um, it shows like two bodies in kind of like, I don't know, UI perspective. One of them has a brain in it, and that one starts connecting to the new body, which doesn't have a brain in it. Um, Aoi goes over to her old body, the one with her brain in, um, and pulls out a wire and syncs with her, and we see kind of like a virtualization of like them sharing memories. We also get the area Gloris theme as this happens. Yeah, because it sounds cool. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, he also, I believe, pulls out uh, the needles in the back of yes, the head. Yes, just drops right them on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. And so we shot, get a shot of the doctor who's just been doing doctor things, suddenly realizing, oh, I'm evil. I need to go do not doctor things and kill her now. Well, this has been a fun so, time, and uh, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. So. I just love getting into role play. You know how <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun as a hitman to occasionally just... You know, I, I could try doing a little drumming. I could do yeah, a little doctor work or out of A lot of people love the dominating nurse. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. We all have um, our parts to play. Yeah, so she goes over to uh, the Makoto, the busted up one, and is like, I'm, I've got to kill you now, and notices the needles on the floor. And is like, huh, that's weird, and turns over to her left, and then there's the new body standing up, and it just kicks her through the window in the viewing area. It's pretty sweet. And it's a very funny shot because it goes straight through the glass in front of uh, the nurse girlfriend. And she wakes up and kind of spills coffee all over her. <laughs> um, so this new cyber body then just kind of presses some buttons on a computer monitor, falls to the floor. And then the old Makoto, Matoko, wakes up and uh, says, uh, the nurse asks, like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, it's nothing. <laughs> you know, cop it's, stuff. Yeah. Um, then she gets, I guess she turns her Wi-Fi back on and gets a message from Bato saying that they got to Aramaki. So we got over to Boma cause I guess the chief isn't important enough. Boma and the prosecutor, <laughs> the DA dude are going into the jail cell where Nimi is and, uh, oops, he's foaming at the mouth and has a st- thing sticking out the side of his neck. That's not good. It looks like a fucking box cutter at first. Like it is yeah. visceral. It's not like, I mean, there's no blood. It's not gory. It looks more like a syringe or something. But but it is like, it's a really shocking scene to look at, even if you kind of knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it like literally like foam and bubbling at the mouth and stuff. Like clearly is the equivalent of some kind of chemical. You yeah, know, he got thing. it. He has a cyanide tooth for his cyber brain. Remember the yeah. tooth. <laughs> we cut to the major walking into the chief's hospital room. Um, the chief is like, "Hey, is your new body good?" And she says, "See for yourself." And she has two arms. Great. Uh, she tells the chief that she has some good news and some bad news. So the chief wants the bad news. And the bad news is uh, Mimi attempted cyber brain suicide. Sure. Uh, he's still alive, but his speech and memory centers have been erased. And now his testimony means nothing in court. That sucks. Uh, the good news is that Yosuke thing, uh, the whole thing was made up by the DEA squad. Uh, they didn't actually arrest anyone. Though apparently after looking around, they've heard some rumors that uh, Yosuke was actually over there at some point. Mm, and the chief's not actually very happy about that. <laughs> No, he's kind of resentful. Uh, he says it's like, while well, I was chasing for the truth, the fact of the matter was my brother was sleeping in the cold, and I thought justice was carrying out my duties, but I've been turning a blind eye to everyone I love. That's fucked up. I'm not going to do that mistake anymore. I'm going to keep fighting the good fight. And so the episode ends. And then... I'm sorry, Vic, because you're going to have to talk a lot here. Sure am. I, <laughs> yeah, this is where the whole thing pops off real hard all at once. I have done my uh, best so. to like render this episode as quick as possible. We'll see how it goes in textual format. <coughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, episode 23. We open on a big concrete compound that has Serrano like, emblazoned on one of the doors. There's a bunch of cops saying that security's been getting real tight lately as, like, another cop car drives past them. Uh, we see, once again, the laughing man coat and hat, like, a person kind of just walk up. Um, not actually wearing a hat here, just has the hood pulled, like, way up. But they look up at the compound, and we cut to the title, um, which is Equinox, or the last time anything good ha is going to happen in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, back in the office, Section 9 is talking about, like, what they're going to do. Uh, they say that they're running out of leads because Nimi, the assassins, and they don't have the Laughing Man either. Like, those have all been dead ends. Uh, their main subject Literally. is Yakushima, who is the Secretary General. Is that it? Yeah, he's the acting, the bleeding party's acting, like, he's the Secretary General, I think, yeah. Yeah. He's very powerful. Yes. Um, he's basically the most powerful politician in Japan, and he also seems to have ends with the Japanese, with the self-defense force. Um, he's been accused of embezzling before, like early in his political career, but the lead investigator was, and I quote, found run over next to a railroad track. And that basically just ended all of the, the investigation into that, which is... <laughs> I wonder if Police HQ, after they found those guys, they were like, okay, John, you're on the case. He's like, I'm good. I quit. <laughs> yeah, I am not on the case. <laughs> Fuck that noise. <laughs> Absolutely not. I will uh, collect my salary and we'll be good. Um, so the door opens and Aramaki comes in saying that he can't be the only one in bed, which I'm, I'm sorry, Togusa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they decide to secure the CEO of Serrano Genomics uh, by any means possible because he's basically the only lead that they have left at this point by secure they mean the testimony of yes um, yeah. <laughs> they, they need to get him and make him talk no matter what yes. they explain that he's basically been under police protection uh for the last six years totally for his own protection it's nothing shady about that but there, there may be something a little shady about it 
Uh, cut back to the compound, and we see that it's there's a lavish mansion inside of it with uh, the Serrano CEO, whose last name is Serrano. I didn't quite catch that in my original notes. Uh, looking a bit worse for wear with, like, his hair's all white, but he does still look quite similar to the original kidnapping video that we saw, uh, back at the start. Yeah, we've only, I don't think we've actually seen him since the original kidnapping video. No, he has only ever appeared in this kidnapping video, um, from the original Laughing Man. So he's sitting in a window and a detective is basically like, you know, you're sitting, the Holland office called and he's like, I'll take my calls when I'm actually at the office. Hey, you're a pretty good secretary, Mr. Detective. D- do you want to come work for me? Um, and the guy's like, nah, nah, it's fine. Uh, he's about to go out to his office for the day with a gigantic police detail on him. Uh, and he gets a knock at the door. But, oh, what a surprise. It's actually Owie. The Serrano is basically like, ah, well, ever since the business came out with the uh, Sunflower Society, I've been expecting you. And there's definitely a bit of friendliness here that you might not expect, like, given their supposed relationship. Yeah, the, uh, Serrano obviously was kidnapped, you know, six years ago or whatever. But, like, they kind of meet each other, like, as old friends almost. Yes, it's a very old friend kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Owie here basically says that he wants him to make good on his promise from six years ago. Um At this point, they walk out of the room and we get a whole bunch of really good shots of, like, from the cop's perspective, from, like, the CCTV perspective of him walking totally on his own uh, and, like, trying to act really normal around this detective of, like, I'm just going to work today. And you get, like, one or two shots of Owie standing, like, right behind him, but none of them can can see it at all. It's really, really nice. Yeah, subjective shots from the detectives with third person, you know fewer shots yep. and it's just weird like having him talk to dude no one's there and then it changes perspective and the guy's totally right there next to him yep. um so they get in the car owie hacks the driver and also the detectives following them so that they're finally all alone and can kind of just go wherever they want um the ceo is like you know this is just like last time and owie's like yeah but last time it wasn't uh detectives it was your family that i hacked which is a bit messed up, but I guess it's okay. Bygones be bygones. Howie isn't really malicious about it. No, he just he, has again, to this do is it. all very friendly about the whole thing. It really is a like, yo, remember that time I kidnapped you? <laughs> um, we cut to Bato and Aramaki. Bato fucking like fish bones the fish tails the car like right up to the security guard. And then jumps out as the guy's like, as the guy's like, what the hell are you doing here? And starts acting like the smarmiest shit in the world to him. Like, he's like, oh, I'm with Section 9. You can't do anything about me. And also, did you know the guy you're guarding just got kidnapped? And the dude's like, what? Yeah, this shot's great because it's like, your boss is, is like, your boss left. Uh, the, the, the guard is like, oh, the boss just left down his normal time. He's like, check your watch, idiot. And it's like five, ten minutes before he's supposed to leave. He's like, your boss is a very punctual worker, huh? He's like, totally shitting he on this guy for no the, reason. He is just the smarmiest shitter. Um, he goes into the van where they're watching all the CCTVs uh, in the mansion and it shows the footage. Um, but then he hacks into a thing and shows that all of these guards have interceptors in their eyes. 
And he's once again incredibly smarmy, like, oh, Interceptors, you still got those things? That's so old hat, dude. Yeah, there's also a cool shot that's a callback to the Ghost in the Shell movie of when Serana was getting into the car to leave for the day. There's a CCTV shot, and it shows the car like kind of dip yes. for a second, two or three seconds before Serrano gets in, like someone else who is invisible is getting into the car. Yep, before he yeah. walks in. It's a really good detail. Yeah, yeah, it sells it a lot. Yep, and so interestingly, the Interceptors weren't actually hacked, and the images from them have Owie on them, and Bato's like, well, yeah, this is what, he literally just got kidnapped, you fucking dumbass. Um, and that's how that guy, that's how that scene ends. So, uh, as they go back into the car, Arakawa pulls up, like, a screen of the Major, and is basically like, you and Arakawa, or you and Ishikawa, uh, have, start searching for the car. He he can't have gone too far. So like you know, the manhunt is on. We need to get this guy at all costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut back to Owie and the sea and uh, Serrano returning to the place where it all began. Star but Star Child Coffee. It's a Starbucks. Yeah. It is literally a Starbucks. <laughs> like it literally pans up on this giant green logo of Star Child Coffee in the middle of the Shibuya Scramble Crossing. Yeah, it's also the, like the Starbucks font, like dead on. Oh yeah, um, they they're inside the second floor of this place, looking over the Scramble Crossing. They sip some coffee together and talk about the last time they were here and how different things are. Again, it's very reminiscent, very like, man, remember that time six years ago when I fucking kidnapped you? <laughs> this is like extreme Stockholm syndrome. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, the CEO talks about how being on he's. Under police protection for his thing, but it's actually house arrest. But, Owie, you've changed, too. Um, Owie talks about how he'd kidnapped the CEO and was brain-diving him nonstop. So, or the, the, the CEO talks about how Owie had kidnapped him and was brain-diving him nonstop. So, like, he's sure, I'll, I'll debate politics with my kidnapper. Fine. I, I was just giving in. I, I swear to God, all the stuff I said meant nothing. Is kind of like what he's trying to say here, but it was... It, he was really, like, going for, like, even the despite the fact that he was kidnapped by Aoi, he also, like, I guess in a way found some fun or pleasure in the fact that they were debating these ideological differences yeah. they were having. He, he kind of talks about how he was a real go-getter back at the time. Like, he, he's trying mm-hmm. to say, like, look, all the stuff I said then means nothing, but it's very clear that he actually was kind of into the whole thing, despite literally yeah. being kidnapped. <laughs> Um, and so we get a flashback, like, to the older versions of them debating, uh, I guess the younger versions of them debating about this, and there's a very different shot of them holding cups with a, uh, interesting looking logo on them. Hmm. Yeah, so the, there's a match cut here of them, their current present day versions, like, talking over coffee, and then it match cuts to their older six years ago version, uh, talking over coffee, yep. and, like, Sir Ali looks the same, but Serrano has, like, black hair as opposed to white yep. hair now. He looks younger. So we get a very similar rehash of the argument that we had with uh, Imakarusu, with the whole micro-machines, is they're fake and bullshit. Uh, Aoi is using a lot of catcher-in-the-rye-isms, calling people phony, and like... He lays it on thick, that yeah. That goddamn bastard god and stuff like that. Like, it's mm. it's very heavy, and you can tell that this man <laughs> has a posting case, style. 
But we look through, and there's no, nothing really connects it to the J.D. Salinger <laughs> angle. So we're going to need you to stop doing that, Toga. Even so, he talks like, about it. We all, have, we all have read a book, Toga. So <laughs> come on. It's it's clearly not connected. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so the one important thing that comes out of this conversation is that Serrano makes it clear that he doesn't actually know why they got approval for their micro machines in three months for their therapy in three months. He was really surprised about how, how fast it came. And Owie's like, well, then why don't you just admit that it's bullshit and that they don't do anything for cyberbrain sclerosis? And he tries to give the whole like, but, but, but we're going to make strides in the research. Eventually we're just patent. We're basically just patent trolling on all of it. You know, getting the first ones in in time, and they just happen to see all the promise in our research. And it's very clear that he doesn't really believe this, but he is a company man through and through. Yeah, as the CEO, he has to say these things. Yeah, and now he does the same, like, would you use Micro Machines to treat it if you got it? Would you use it if your kids did it? And he he tries to deflect, but it's very clear that he knows that he this wouldn't. is horse shit. Yeah. Um, so the CEO tries to, like, make a ploy, and you, they look out the window, and they can see the camera people, like, on the news incident, so you kind of know what's coming up here, uh, setting up at this point. He's like, you know, if, if you just let me go, I'll, I'll make sure to kill it, to blow up the system from the inside. I, you, you gotta just let me go, though. I promise I'll fix it. And now he's like, what's in it for you, though? There's, there's no way you would just do it. Reforming from the inside always works. It always works. <laughs> um, the original laugh. We we also learn at this point that the original Laughing Man is in a incident wasn't exactly planned. The CEO was basically trying to use it as a ploy to get into a public place where he figured that Owie would chicken out about all this. Um, but he didn't realize that Owie was actually packing heat at the time. And when he pulled the gun on him, it was. They were both clearly not ready for the situation as it happened, despite it being, like, one of the pivotal moments that we've seen in the entire mythos. Yeah. It, yeah, both of them were kind of panicking because both of them kind of had their bluffs called at the same time and didn't know what to yeah. do. We, we get all these shots of the, like, of the original incident, but it's suddenly, you can see how both of them, like... The, you get the quote from original, like, you wouldn't really do this, and then he fucking pulls the gun on him and, like... <laughs> you know, yells the quote you hear in the, in the video. Um, but we also get the shot of him, um, running away and he's clearly like actually pretty freaked out about all of this as the whole thing happens. Yeah. There's also some original shots here. Like we've seen this incident on from the news camera's yep. perspective, like a dozen yep. times, but like, there's also shots of just like third person camera of the close up of their faces talking about stuff here. Yep. So just, just absolutely. Both of them absolutely terrified about this whole situation. Um, at this point, Serrano says like, when I got back into society, I learned that this had become a whole major news story. And I also learned that a ransom demand had immediate, like the, the second that I was, left uh like that i left the office that or my home that day a ransom demand came to the building uh, or came to our company uh but i knew that wasn't you because i like was i literally spent the last two days talking to you and like you were a criminal but you blackmail didn't really seem like it was like you yeah it wasn't his mo yeah like so i, I always thought that was fishy and now he does is basically like yeah i didn't i didn't do shit 
Um, the police were basically, but the police were convinced that the, that Owie sent the ransom and he and his press secretary basically covered for him because they, he, they realized that to explain that he had been kidnapped by this kid would necessarily also mean explaining that the micro machines are complete bullshit and that would completely destroy his company. So he wasn't lying to cover the laughing man he was lying to cover his ass and the company's ass yeah the say that he was kidnapped for a ransom makes a lot more sense and is a lot cleaner to explain the say that i was kidnapped by a person who says that my products are a scam yeah because it turns out my products actually are a scam oops um and then owie is like yeah and that was you know things seem to be going okay but then you had the micro machine killer virus on your production line but i didn't do that either and serrano is like yeah i didn't think that was you either um he then confirms that after the original incident serrano was the one who pulled all of the copycat incidents like all the corporate terrorism on all of the other companies because it was basically the only way that they could meet their AWS bills for the month. <laughs> like the company was going bankrupt and the only thing they could do is get in on that sweet, sweet uh, government stimulus package by blackmailing other companies. So for those keeping track, we're up to three separate crimes now. Yes. The, the crime list is just going to keep growing. Um, so when they got all that infusion of cash from completely legitimate sources, their stock prices were finally starting to ba- like bounce back up again. Um, and things were, things were looking great, except then they were, con- they were contacted by the aid of a certain politician who basically said, walked up to them and was like, you know, you hear about all those blackmail cases that have been happening lately. I sure do know exactly where they came from. And, uh... I could probably make them stop if I wanted to, unless you wanted to make a generous donation to this politician. Political contributions. Yeah. So four crimes now. (laughs) Just keep going. (laughs) So basically at this point, uh, the contribution that was demanded was the entire government stimulus package plus the original blackmail demand that was demanded of them. And at this point, Serrano realized and his whole like top brass realized like they were basically the targets of a shakedown that the government did to uh, maybe acquire a slush fund, do a little bit of money laundering by doing a bunch of corporate yeah, like, terrorism. Apparently, since yeah, since they were like the last in the door, they apparently just were like completely targeted to have the screws put yep. to them. And they did do all of the blackmail crimes, so like. It's not like they can do much except hand this money straight back to this guy. Um, and at this point, Owie is like, damn, kidnapping you. Like, I, I didn't do that for them, but that worked literally perfect for them, didn't it? Yeah, it was some serendipity for the uh, political people doing their blackmail bullshit that Owie just happened to go and kidnap him at this point because yep. it gave him perfect cover. Yep. And Serrano basically confirms that the politicians were the ones who invented the idea of the laughing man and, like, basically the entire popular perception of him. So, the laughing man is a psyop. Oops. So, what you're saying is that the politician's Twitter account was pushing some memes of the laughing man and trying to get that traction in social media. Yep. Basically. And it worked, is the thing. This is like (laughs) if Ted Cruz could actually tweet... (laughs) <laughs> Let's not do hellscape futures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So at this point, Aoi asks if the politician was Yakushima and Serrano confirms, oh, so you knew. And Aoi's like, well, yeah, I looked into this myself. I'm a hacker. That's what I do. Literally, I was just in it for the memes at this point. So, yeah, of course I know that. He's like, nobody likes peeping stuff more than me. It's like something (laughs) along those lines. Like, I legit think we hackers are the ultimate peep boys. We just we just love peeping stuff. You know how we is. I'm a peeping Tom. No, wait, not that one. <laughs> no, different peepers. <laughs> totally different peeping. Um, and he he's basically like, yeah. When I realized what I was up against, I I realized that actually I couldn't just change the world by kidnapping a few CEOs. I decided to become a deaf mute and avert my eyes from the calamity that was from from everything that was going on in society. Uh, we finally get a shot of the coffee logo on their cups and it's it's the laughing man logo it's like it's it's the starbucks logo but if it was the laughing man logo and yeah if you look at the laughing man logo just like take off the hat part yeah and it's like it looks like a cup like a teacup do it in starbucks colors and like i really do like this because again it cuts back to the whole neither of them was prepared for the video incident and the thing that has become a corporate symbol was literally just the thing that he had on his mind from the last 10 minutes to like try to cover up his face when he realized, oh my fucking God, I'm on candid camera. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and it's, it's great watching the like news footage too. Cause like it would, it zooms on his face. There's like a second of hesitation before like this logo comes up. Like he's trying very hard to think of something. Yes. It's also, it's really good too, because it's like one of the few times we see him, uh, just basically like getting caught yep. off guard, getting caught unawares and like Not failing in control like, of everything up to this point, he's just been, yeah, perfect hacker man <laughs> from beginning to the end. But yeah, this is one time where, yeah, this old dude was just like, yeah, do you mind if we watch out, walk outside? Oh, weird. There's cameras everywhere. <laughs> like yep. it's, yeah, it was a good yeah. move. And again, it was literally just a game of chicken that neither of them actually like thought through all the way so of course he just pulled out the fucking starbucks logo and it became the the face of a movement um so uh owie at this point declares that maybe now he needs to become the real laughing man to take down yakushima and the ceo vows to become his copycat to take him down too we're out of flashback. Yes, we are back in regular in, in real times now. And, I, and most of the la- of the end of the conversation there was basically about here's what happened over the last six years has been in uh, recent times. Yeah, like the middle half of this episode was just him reminiscing. Yep. So. Um, and they're basically so they basically agree like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I don't think we care anymore. Let's just take him down. Let's get him. Um, Owie basically says, look, whatever you do. Don't die. Your testimony is really important, which, hmm, might be a little out of character, but anyway. (laughs) Meanwhile, we cut to a bunch of dudes, basically a bunch of guys in like body armor lining up in front of this Starbucks here. Uh, They're SWAT guys. Yeah, SWAT dudes. Arakawa's in a car with Bato like standing next to him uh, and is basically calling the shots on the coffee shop sting. The troops burst in and surround the CEO, but Owie's nowhere to be find. Uh, be, nowhere to be seen here. <laughs> wow. I'm doing great. Found even. Nowhere to be found no, no, no. even. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's Aramaki, not Arakawa. <laughs> You're also correct, yes. I think that's a fish. Anyway. 
Um, so we, we get a shot of him walking down the alley, laughing man, but Bato steps out of the alley, uh, out of the end of the alleyway and says, that was a fantastic acting job you did there. Laughing man pulls down their hood and it's the major. Oh, <laughs> very good sting operation we have going here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it turns out the entire thing was a setup to kind of push the CEO to, like, you know, leak his knowledge and agree to testify and all this. Uh, it also confirms the memories that Owie downloaded into the major because, of course, it's not like he's a trusted territory uh, person. But Source. now yeah, Serrano like he, is like he has been shown to manipulate. <laughs> yeah, like manipulating data is his whole shit. Yeah, so you can't really take data from him at face yeah, value. The last six years of my life. Dot JPEG. <laughs> .FLV. <laughs> um, and it basically puts the fire in him to take down uh, Yakushima. I don't know why I said Yamada in these notes. Don't worry about it. Uh, we end the episode on a triumphant note, which is great, considering everything that happens next. Yeah, episode 24, shit hits the fan immediately and doesn't stop. And it feels exactly like that transition. <laughs> It's funny rewatching uh, before we go to twenty four. Mm-hmm. It's funny rewatching twenty three, knowing that this was you know the major the entire time yeah. and not Aoi, because there's like subtle things in the way that Aoi talks. Like it's in Aoi's voice the entire time because yes. the major I guess just emulates it. But like there's subtle mm-hmm. ways of, ways of talking. Like you mentioned the uh, the fact is like please don't die. We need your testimony. Aoi wouldn't care about that, but the major would. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of hard to, again to recap in the notes, but the mannerisms of the voice actors did a good job here. Yeah, they, they did. A, this that. is a really fantastic performance. The first time we watched this, we did not see it coming at all, which was like, no, I yeah. love it when a show actually manages to do that to me. Yeah. Yeah. So episode 24. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we oh. start <laughs> on, on a nice note. Togus is out of the hospital. Yay. That's good. Nice. Congratulations, Togus. Yeah. Congratulations. Sure you're going to have a great Togus's day. Togus' wife. He comes up on the lift yeah. uh, to section nine. You know, they're like, whoa, what, you're out of the hospital already? And the chief's like, no, I decided to bring him in. And he's going to come with me to the prime minister's office. You're the one who like broke this case in the first place. You deserve for me to do the whole rolling head, do the whole rolling heads thing with me. And everyone else is like, are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I got shot. I'm fine. It's Both fine. hospitalized dudes go to the prime minister's office. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, they get interrupted because Aramaki gets a call from the home affairs minister, which is his boss. We've seen him previously. Uh, he gets told to turn on news and gets reamed by his boss because the operation in the last episode leaked to the TV news press. And they're currently talking about Section 9, which they're not supposed to know exists. And that Section 9 were the ones who kidnapped the Serrano CEO, and you see uh, uh, an image of the Major in uh, the Laughing Man outfit, and you see her, like, her eyes. Yeah, there's a super zoom in, and Owie has blue eyes where the Major has her red eyes, and the person in the coat has blue eyes. And the newscaster starts talking about how the authorities think that Section 9 have, you know, overstepped their authority, and how that's a great cause for concern, and maybe Section 9 is the link to the, the string of Laughing Man incident. So, so someone is very clearly setting them up here. I fucking yeah. love this whole plot point, that by investigating this whole thing, they got so fucking played. They became the perfect yeah. stand-in after Nanao died. You gotta think of who knows that this is happening mm. and who would have gained by setting them up. Yep. So, uh, Togus is like, 
oh shit, oh shit. But Aramaki's like, no, no, it just means our operation's underway. It's, it's fine. Let's just let's go to the Prime Minister's office. It's, it's cool. Aramaki is like, basically, this is just business as usual. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Uh, oh, you other guys, you go find out who leaked all this shit. Uh, we cut to a room full of politicians, including the Prime Minister, uh, the Ho- Home Affairs Minister, and the Security General, Yakushima. Hmm. Red flag. Number one. Yeah, so mm. some of the, the nobodies I don't think we've wait. seen before. Wait, wait. Do we not trust Yakushima? <laughs> but we have no You mean proof. Train Yard Man? <laughs> He's yeah. done nothing. Hey, that guy could have been run over... By, By any train. <laughs> it's, He's just a train Anyone got too or close any to train. <laughs> well, I do like, in my opinion, uh, when they state the condition, they just say he was run over near like a railroad track. I didn't assume a train hit him. I assumed he got hit by like like a like a Humvee, <laughs> you know, it really like is the most suspicious like, way you could possibly word a sentence like that it's amazing they, yeah but when they were talking yeah, about it they you got showed, run over by another vehicle left by a train track and they were like eh, yeah close enough when they showed the shot of it it showed like a couple of rail lines like the actual tracks and then there was those little like things they put down on crime scenes to like mark where stuff was like on either side of the railing so it was super obvious yeah. dude got run over by a train yeah. <laughs> wait did he like tie him to the train tracks yes. like Snidely <laughs> with Life style? Yes. That rocks. This guy rocks. <laughs> uh, someone with an appreciation for the classics. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so some of the the nobodies who I don't think we've seen before grilling the prime minister about like the public outcry about Section Nine, being like, "You use them, didn't you? To do your dirty work and." So the, uh, the Home Affairs Minister is like, oh, no, they're, they're a valuable, valuable unit. They know what they're doing. But another assailant is like, they're a glorified death squad. And I'm not sure I can disagree about that. Uh, yeah, like, it, it's very much on purpose that they showed how the narc squad is, like, a violent hell squad under government control. Because, like, it's not that Section far removed from shit. Section 9. Yeah. Section 9 doesn't really have a lot of checks and balances other than the fact that Aramaki knows what the fuck he's doing. I mean, if it was anyone other than Aramaki, you could easily see them going into some crazy shit. I mean, as it is, this whole show is kind of a bit, you know, fascist in nature with how they glorify the police state. Yes. But But, uh, but they do also show that, like, yeah, this kind of organization is pretty shitty, like, as a concept. There is no accountability mm -hmm. here. Even as they wow, cool robot. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's, again, one of the things you have to reconcile with the fact that, like, the show is very cool and has a lot of cool transhumanistic ideas into it, but it's also wow, cool police Super officer. Super propaganda So, yeah. I do love wow, cool yeah. major. Uh, and uh, so it talks about how the Section 9 was made in a post-war chaos era. Hasn't been reconciled with self-defense army. A lot of, a lot of shite, really. Yeah. But yeah, they're again bringing up World War Three, yeah. yep. which yeah. And so one guy's like, "Oh, we can't resolve anything about the Section Nine chief here." And then the Prime Minister gets so that guy whispers in his ear, and he's like, "Oh, no. <clears throat> I have to go. Be right back." <laughs> I need to return some videotapes. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> My library book is over too, and if I don't take it back now, I'll get a fine. <laughs> so he's in his office. And he confronts Aramaki, he's like, Hold, you've put me in a real bad spot by showing up here, buddy. Like, I cannot be seen, like, collaborating Within with ten you. feet of you. <laughs> uh, Aramaki doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, I've got proof that Secretary General Yakushima is the culprit. Hands him a book. 
Prime Minister then goes, has anyone else seen this evidence? Red flag number two. And I'm, no, he just needs to know. It's accountability. Oh, y'all, everyone goes on and on about how it's bad. There's no accountability. And someone introduces some accountability. Ty, Ty, I've watched enough Columbo that when someone goes, has anybody seen, seen this? Has and anybody you go, seen no, this evidence? just me. You're about to get murdered. That's... That's how it goes. Yeah, that is like an S plus way to get yourself killed. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's maybe like the more, that's like a bigger death flag than like expressing how much you love someone and then leaving. (laughs) When you're two days away from retirement. Of course. Sarah Murphy's like, no one but me, my man, and Mr. Serrano. And I'm like, oh no. Oh dear. Ah, the kill list. The kill list. You just expanded it. So the Prime Minister's like, okay, we'll deal with Yakushima when the time is right, but uh, there's elections, I'm worried about my brand. And- Nonsense, this is an election year. Yes. <laughs> it's, oh, he, the way he tries to talk off Aramaki is just, oh my god. And he's like, oh, oh the special forces bill is being passed, and the chief, like, important hearing this immediately is like, are you trying to throw my men to the wolves? Are are you trying to throw them under the bus, my dude? No, my men are great. Like, trust and obey me. That's a huge asset. And the Prime Minister's like, eh, throw them under the bus. Isn't this the exact place that you should He's use an asset like this? To cash in those assets. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's what assets are for, to be used and utilized and gotten rid of. Don't worry about it. It is very funny, too, to see this scene when they literally tried to drug bust him. Yeah. Not the prime minister. That was the DEA people doing kind of a random thing. True, but it is but, also like, it's very clear that because Aramaki's in this room and survived all this, he's the one who gets offered the, you know, immunity, welcome to the cartel thing. Like, yeah. when he just as easily could have been under that bus just the same and the prime minister would have been fine with that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so the clear what's happening here is the Prime Minister knows that Yakushima is bad news and needs to get rid of him, but he can't do that before an election because then he'll lose and have no power. So what he's saying is in order to get a big election win, they're going to throw Section 9 under the bus for the media, getting the voters to like them, to vote, and then afterwards the Prime Minister will out. I'll definitely uh, get Yakushima. straight to work on that And hey, Chief Yakushima Haramaki, guy. if you live, you can just rebuild your unit. It's, it's fine. Yeah, and it is very clear you get the distinction of Aramaki, the guy who, like, sees this unit as a surrogate family versus this politician who is very clearly, well, you know, I have all this political power. What can I do with it? Yeah. And Aramaki goes to the bat for Section 9. Yeah. And he's very upset what's going on. But he loses and is basically told, well, hey, could you get all your people into the same room so a kill squad can literally murder them? I'll make all the arrangements as if it's like, I don't know, some kind of party. And You've not been downsized. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we get a 9 p.m. for Doria? Yeah. <laughs> so Araki leaves, gets in the car with Togusa, and tells him to go to the Ministry of Justice. And he's pissed. Yeah. He then, like, messages the Major, tells her to assemble everyone at the building. The Major kind of notices that something's up and is like, y- you got any other orders, Chief? And he's like, don't die. And then. Great. <laughs> so we cut to some uh, armed suit units. So they're- but why would they worry about, wait, but why would the chief worry about them dying? Sorry, I'm having a lot of fun being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, Kai, the prime minister sent a hit squad. Uh-huh. 
And we're just about to talk oh. about the Hit Squad. So, if we remember the big oh. mech suit thing we saw, a that was the of biggest threat ago. in the entire series up to this point. Well, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, the thing that. The thing that managed to almost kill the Major, and the Major was so mad about how close it was to killing her, <laughs> that she, like, rocketed it closed forever. But yeah, there's, like, what, like, three oh, more than that. Four of them? I feel like there's at least yeah. ten. This shot just shows a bunch of uh, the those mech things. It's, like, six, ten of them. There's a lot. But they're loading on from a... Uh, aircraft carrier like a navy yep. ship huh, i wonder who have pulled those strings <laughs> <laughs> and so i don't believe this guy is named he's at least not named in this episode no. so he looks like kaz from metal gear solid five with the hat and the glasses so i'm gonna call him kaz from now on he looks like general you know green beret general dude just random Green Beret guy. Yeah, he's, he is He's in a suit and tie, but like overcoat over it. Green Beret. Some, some form of Some form of special operations yeah, team. Like, yeah. some like just some specialized military branch. For sure. I could totally yeah. believe that Kojima was literally like, just saved a picture of this man and was like, make Kaz like this for five. <laughs> straight up. You don't have to worry about his name because I don't think he shows up after the next two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair yeah, I couldn't find a name. I kind of figured. Um, so he's telling his man that his men that Section Nine have nine think tank units. They mean the Tachikomas, uh, and he basically sets up the the infiltration of their building. And he's like, they specialize in information warfare. We'll pin them down, with brute force. This dude is clearly a professional. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Uh, Rex Toga's and the chief of the car. Toga says, like, oh shit, we're being followed. I uh, tries to lose, the, lose them, drive fast, and cut through alleys and stuff. One of the cars following him smashes into a wall, which is very funny. Classic car chase shit. Love it. Uh, if- it's like an escalator or something. That thing's like 400 yeah. tons. Yeah, it like <laughs> bumps right into it. Uh, but eventually he kind of gets down a one-track road and they cut him off and he smashes into one of their cars. Uh, he's then held in the car at gunpoint and he has to put his hands up. The chief gets out of the car, the men get out and tell him, we're here to pick you up and there's still a few things you need to do for us. They do the whole business as usual thing as if they hadn't just literally crashed his car to go get him. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, come with us while the rest of Section 9 is being neutralized. And Tokus is like, wait, what? Fuck, no! And but he gets pinned down. <laughs> Tokus is like, literally murdered? What? What? He doesn't get pinned down. He gets a car door slammed yeah, into him and then like a knee on his neck. Yeah. Oh God, right. Yeah, it's like, ooh, yeah, this looks bad. Like being shut in a car door, like it's not just his head, but like I don't think getting your rib cage smashed in a car door yeah. would be Especially any more fun, right? <laughs> and then chest. crashing your car just before that. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. I forgot he got shot yeah, there sure too. Did. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, so he starts yelling at the chief. Uh, to explain that she, you know, is walking away with these men who have basically taken him. Yeah, he's pretty much been cut out at this point. Uh, we're now with the Major and Bato returning to base. Uh, Bato's like, what's going on? Why are we getting brought back like this? And Major's just like, shop and follow my orders. Uh, you need to prep six generic bodies, bring them here. Uh, she then enters the building, and Shikawa and Paz are like, hey, 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 what, what's happening? And she's like, hey, take these seeds, which are, like, microchips. They're SD cards. Yeah. And, like, leak them to the media. Make them sprout. They, she gets really poetic about this yeah. whole thing for some reason. <laughs> and they're, like, they're like nano SD for yes. what it's yes. worth. Yeah, they're, like, they the size of a fingernail. This will be relevant. Yeah. Uh, up on the roof, yes. the armed suit unit and some armed dudes are down, and they're making their way inside. 
uh, Borat and Basho carry these like fake prosthetic bodies. There's a just, really like, fantastic match cut here of like the kill squad bursts through the door on the roof and it match cuts to Boma kicking the door in carrying two suits and you for a half second you're like oh no but it, it is just a match cut i fucking love it i i like that the question this brings up because they have these like prosthetic bodies i guess that they need to swap out like randomly yep. in hq but that means they have a closet of bodies sure just do. sitting there sure do. <laughs> and unused cyber brains mm-hmm. yeah. it's a little bit scary so the major finally explains well we're being invaded by military special forces but I was like, ah, that means the special forces restriction bill must have been passed. So they all know what that's about, I guess. And it sucks for them. Uh, so I was just like, yep, well, it's all over. And then they hear, you know, I guess the break. A helicopter landing on the building. Several armored suits moving through a building cannot be very stealthy. No. Despite the optical camel, you, you, you could hear that coming like miles away, I'm sure. Um, yeah, those things can't weigh less than like... 1500 no, pounds. Yes. Like, 1500 that's generous. I'd say they'd be like four or five thousand pounds. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we have like ultra yeah. alloy future <laughs> tech that's like super light. True, like this, yeah. this shit's made out of carbon nanotubes. It's still like 90 yeah. pounds. I mean, we saw one step on a car and the car like visibly like moved. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so then the bad guys break into the Tachikoma lab to find it completely empty because all the babies were sent back. So <laughs> they're like fucking. Intel, how shit they are. And it, it's important because Kaz is basically like, okay, the, it still might be a trap. Like, he is very clearly aware of everything Section 9 might be doing to them and is actively doing to them. But he's also like, shut up, you need to be flexible on the battlefield. Yeah. Like, learn to adapt, you idiots. Like, he's even more of a pro than this seasoned death squad, basically. The season death squad for all that they did were kind of shitty. The DEA squad force, narc force, they kind of sucked. This guy, yeah, this guy is even serious for business. But they weren't. Yeah, they had a lot of equipment, but they weren't super well organized. Whereas, yeah, this is this is like a military operation that's going incredibly smoothly. Um, So section nine are positioned at the end of a hallway. They've got heavy artillery and the armed suits and the men like charge at them. Uh, they start firing, they activate the sprinklers to sort of short out the optical camo so they can see them. And there's like 30 dudes there and five lot. or six suits. But uh, they're, kind of, they're not able to even put a dent in these armor suits, so they, they drop back. Um, there's a really cool shot of Bato just sitting there with like a minigun just firing yes, it from the hip. It's very good. <laughs> Literally the TF2 heavy. <laughs> so back in the room where they have the six uh, just empty suits, uh, Shikawa's like, who the fuck are they? And Bash was like, they're the Imabozo. They're infamous in the underworld. They don't exist on record, so they don't have an official title uh, unit. But, you know, they're very good at Black Ops. They're very good at what they do. I meant to look up what Umibozo did meant, but I forgot. <laughs> Whoops. Again, I don't think they come back mm-hmm. up. So don't worry so about it. So Major's like, well, time to go. So set up a bomb. Uh, that explodes pretty much as soon as the army guys break into the room and it, it utterly blasts them, although Kaz takes it like a champ. And she did, she also uh, plants a bunch of bullets into yeah. the heads she of the dummies and stuff as well. Yeah, so that it, that, yeah they're basically not. set up yeah. a whole scene of like, they committed super suicide, we swear. Because they're section nine, so they have self-destruct devices if they... Yeah, have that kind of thing. So they try and make it look yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. When your office has a self-destruct button, you know you're in some good shit. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Back when they heard the people invading, the major was like, "We need to buy some time," and then she shot them. So they they set this up in advance and then blew them all up. So you know, once more, buying some time so they can escape. Yeah, and this bomb like takes out two of the the armored suits, and like several men are kind of strewed along the rubble. But Kaz is just I mean, basically just standing it. there, he like just stands. He just ruffles his like hat a little bit, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, get in there, verify the corpses." Um, so Chris Lee finds the generic body, say it looks like suicide, but Kaz being smart, it's like, it could be staged, so, you know, don't get complacent, locked down, all escape avenues. He sees through this basically instantly and is like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't care if this is literally their bodies with their DNA and their brains, secure the fucking building. Yeah, the thing I love about this, too, is um, over the course of, like, this and a little bit further on, there's just, like, an exchange of the Major explaining, like, yeah, we're not going to get too much time, though, because if they check the cyber brains for, like, actual, like, residue from usage, because yeah. apparently using cyber brains, like, causes some kind of difference that's measurable to occur. Use GPU, uh, she's yes. like, yeah, we <laughs> Yeah, she's just like, yeah, we, we can't expect that to last for too long. And immediately the first thing Kaz does is he's just like, yeah, check that shit for use. Check that for reuse residue because, like, I think this is yeah. bullshit. <laughs> for sale, Cyberbrain slightly used. <laughs> okay. Lightheartedness. You cut to a home for the elderly. And oh my God, it's a Tachikoma. My baby's back. I, I love, love everything that this scene is about to tell us about the company they took, the lab they took those back to. I know. Yeah, specifically, this is the Tachikoma that Bato yes, was always baby. doting on. It, it is our baby. I love her. And she's helping out the old folks in the home, and it's adorable. And two employees start talking about how everyone loves the Tachikoma. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You spend five <laughs> minutes with this baby, and you love her. It's the best helper bot we've ever purchased on la- on auction. And they they bought it at like some auction. They're not sure what agency it was for. It was just, just you know sold because nobody wanted it anymore, and they wonder what it was originally purposed for. This is the world's most wild police auction. I fucking like, like just imagine the world <laughs> where this literal battle. This is such good, like, world building. <laughs> and, I mean, a news broadcast comes on the TV and it starts talking about the dismantlement and the uh, infiltration of Section 9. And Baby watches this, like, oh, Section 9. Uh. Friends. <laughs> um, so, back with Kaz, he's shown the dummy corpses. Um, and, like, yep, check cider brains, orders, every sewer outlet, every ventilation duct, every. Possible plane people could like escape to be sealed off. Um, you skipped the line there talking about section nine. I did. Sorry. That's fine. You, yeah. <clears throat> so, yes, before that, the section nine are in the sewers. Major's like, yeah, it won't last very long. We need to follow Chief's orders to survive. We'll split up uh, in groups of two and then split up further. Section nine is now disbanded. Um, you don't have a job. So then, Go job hunting. No referrals. Yep. <laughs> Better put up that resume on Indeed. <laughs> Just, you know, change your name. You might get caught. It's fine. Gets 500 <laughs> recruitment emails. All of them are not placed correctly. <laughs> We're looking for a PHP developer. Would you like to intern? <laughs> well, I have cyber eyes and a lot of experience breaking down doors and shooting people. Does that count? Oh, so you're a JS developer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Bato and the Major are leaving together. They have a little cheeky back and forth about who's going to go first into this, like, pipe duct. 
Uh, Akbar's just, like, shuffling along it, talks about how, you know, it kind of sucks that it's all over. Bato's really, like, distressed about this whole yeah. thing, and he's like, geez, Major, don't you hate that our death squad has been disassembled? It's kind of funny that he is the guy who bases his personality about his job, and now that he no longer has a job, like, he feels kind of distraught and existential about it, despite the conversation that they're having about how what makes them themselves are, like, you know, external memories. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really nice conversation, especially because the major doesn't really like seem to care. She's like, oh, I kind of miss like having tools and the ability to do whatever the fuck I wanted at any time. But it's a job. Yeah, it's a job. <laughs> and uh, Sabato starts getting a bit snappy with her and starts asking her about how she's not wearing her watch. Um, and we finally kind of reveal it was a gift for her last prosthetic body resizing. So I guess when she was like 18, they no longer like gave her a bigger one. Um, but he doesn't know who gave it to her. And, and the he's the like, one who like figured all that out. So yeah. he did the detective work there. Yeah, the major's like, wow, I didn't know you knew that. But I don't wear it for sentimental reasons. Hmm. Uh, but I was like, but don't you keep like a body so that you can wear it? And you know, you can swap out all your body parts. But there are some things you can't change. Because of course, she's in a whole new prosthetic body now. Isn't there something that makes you you? And the major's like, no. I'm gonna ship a Theseus the shit out of I'll, myself. I'll just change my own memories too. Fuck it. I don't know. It's also I could just make myself forget the watch. It's important to notice here that she says that she left the watch in her safe house this morning. Yes. Hmm. Oh, was she gonna go fetch that? <laughs> For non sentimental <laughs> reasons. I'm sure she's gonna go get this watch, not because it's sentimental, but because it's a really nice watch. And where's she gonna get another one? Like it does that? look pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so then they get to the end, and as a major leave, she's like, you know, when we next meet, I might not be the same person. And, you know, Basso, you should really make your own survival top priority. Um, we finally get to see what's happened to Togusa. He's been arrested. He's being interrogated by the cops, who are basically trying to get him to admit that Section 9 are behind the whole Laughing Man thing. And he's fucking, like, flabbergasted. By so this. Is, that, is just like, we didn't even exist back then. Fuck, six years ago, I was a cop like you guys, dumbasses. And they're like, well, let's take it from the top because that's what cops do. They keep bugging you. Togusa, you well, they also it. specifically mentioned, they're like, we know Section 9 is all about data manipulation and data ops. So, like, that record could just be bullshit. You might have been working for these people for 20 years. We don't know, man. And, and <laughs> you get a shot of Togus's face where, like, it finally clicks with him how fucked he is. Yeah, he is, like, mm-hmm. distraught over this. And it's also funny. He, he, calls- he has realized, like, oh, shit, they got us. It's funny he calls the other cops idiots, but Togus said, you're the idiot for talking to the cops in the first place. Don't, yeah. don't, don't talk and to all the cops. The cops are like, Togusa, and, you were one. Shut up. And, and he up. basically just starts up with like, well, let's take it from the top because we are going to get this confession whether you want to or not. Yeah. You shut up. You say nothing until your lawyer gets there. And he's never going to get a lawyer, so just shut up forever. Uh, official Gundam <laughs> podcast advice. Never talk to cops. Yeah. Don't talk to uh, cops. Don't fucking talk to him. The one piece we'll put on the record. <laughs> Don't say shit. Shut up until your lawyer gets there. Ask for a lawyer. That's it. Uh, so uh, we then see Paz and Bormer leaving the sewers and splitting up. But uh, then we see them getting chased by guys in optical camouflage. And off screen, we hear gunshots. They specifically chase uh, Boma. Boma. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Paz ends up at that bar that we've seen the Major get her, like, intel from and spread, like, uh, new stuff from. Yeah, the Mike Tyson-ass yeah, guy. has got the bartender who's kind of got the Mike Tyson voice. Yeah. yeah. And he starts smoking a cigarette and asks the bartender if he has the Major's favorite drink. Unfortunately, everyone else in the bar is one of the bad guys, and they get him and arrest him. This scene and is great, too, because... The like, bartender also says specifically, he's like... I'm sorry, I got some body parts I still need to pay off, man. And then everyone, like, uncloaks and takes him away, which they is really unclo- good when you the consider it. the bar. Yeah, yeah. they're sitting there. Yep. Oh, right, All they were cloaked, yeah. Right. The, the scene is great, too, because Paz, like, sort of, like, walks down the stairs into the place, like, looking behind him the whole time, sits down on a bar seat, immediately pulls, like, the cigarette out, has this thing lit for about, like, three seconds, and manages to smoke half of it. <laughs> it's been a it's rough day. Good at smoking. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. Like he is so incredibly jittery about the whole thing. Looking all around him, he puts it down in the ashtray, and like you literally see this thing has half of it is ash at this point. But uh, it turns out that he's tense. Okay, he has a lot going on. <laughs> he just it's just a little, just a little relaxing for daddy. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that cigarette was actually weed. No, uh, the cigarette. <laughs> I can't believe Paul was actually weed. Seed. <laughs> uh, he looks like the type, though. He looks yakuza as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it turns out there's one of those chips uh, in the cigarette, and uh, the bartender's like, oh, I don't normally do jobs for anyone other than the little lady, but uh, it's kind of an emergency and all, and he pockets it. Yeah, the uh, I believe the favorite drink line was used in the first time he mm-hmm. showed up. Yeah, this bartender I know shows up more in season two as well. I like this character. He's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. And we cut to my favorite baby tank, checking in on all the old folks under her care. Uh, one old man is turning in his sleep, talking about the battle going badly, and baby's like, oh. My, Section nine. My friend. Also, specifically, Aww. there's a cardboard box at the bottom of this man's bed. Yes. Uh, then we cut to Kaz, a helicopter, and he's on the phone with his boss, and his boss is like, withdraw the armored suit units, and he's like, no, I, no, these guys are like trained operatives, they, you know, they use force, you know, we gotta shut them down hard, but the guy on the other end is like, I'm not entirely sure whose voice it is, um. I don't know if we know, yeah, we don't know. but he's... It was, yeah, it was possible to tell who it was anyway, but... He's being called off despite the fact that he's like, no, we really need to finish this right now. We have them. And he's then like, fine. So he orders another guy to get rid of all but two of the armored suit units. And the guy's like, sir, weren't you told to take them all back? And it's like, no, I wasn't told to take all of them back. Ah, see? They just said see? send the suits back. They didn't they say how many. <laughs> Which is just like... Again, this dude is basically the major, but in a different unit and trying to kill all of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we then see Bato. He's in a, a rickety metal house, like, under, hanging under a bridge. I love the concept of this house. You barely even seen it, but someone decided to build under the Brooklyn Bridge a fucking, like, shack to live in. Like, dangling, like, uh, yeah. I mean, when we say under, we mean, like, actually under hanging the bridge. Hanging off of it. Hanging yeah, this thing's like 70 bridge, feet off the ground. Not on the ground. And so he grabs a shotgun, 
um, out of the cupboard and he says, well, how I waste my life is my own damn business. He's clearly responding to the major being like, make survival your top priority. Don't die. And Bato's like, fuck you. I'll die if I want. <laughs> Again, thinking back pistol. to the major talking about the mark of an immature man. <laughs> mm. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And uh, he's clearly gearing up for a fight, and that's how the episode ends. Yeah, the next two episodes so, are some crazy shit, and uh, it's gonna be fun letting letting you guys not go two weeks or go two weeks without seeing it. Because I mean, I guess technically we could watch it as soon as this ends. Sure, you could. We're yeah. only contractually obliged to make sure we don't get spoiled for the episodes coming up. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Season uh, season one will end up in you know two episodes and we get to talk about it and it does a pretty good job of concluding all of the laughing man stuff so that's nice that's good to hear because that seems hard in only two episodes yeah there's a lot but uh a lot happens in episode 25 (laughs) yeah this is a very well regarded series so i have a feeling like it you know comes together pretty nicely i'm just Mm -hmm. kind of excited to see how 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 though What happened? Yeah. Well, for me, the most exciting thing is they've shown the Tachikoma. They've planted the seed of there the babies. Is at least one of them might be back. Baby I'm back. so excited. Remember that? I love so baby. Excited. So if you think back to the episode where the Tachikomas are talking philosophy when the Major sends them away, they thought that they would never forget about Bata, right? They did. Mm. I know. I want them to go to Section 9's rescue so bad, and I hope it happens. I, I want... Just a squad of these baby tanks just turn up to help them out. Over the horizon as trumpets play. Yes. <laughs> Sonorous music comes out. <laughs> Slow motion tanks saving the day. It will be, be beautiful. We'll see about that. <laughs> Next time uh, we'll be doing episodes 25 and 26. And, and then we'll wrap the season one. Yeah, we'll recap. Which We'll have some, I get the feeling we'll have some stuff to talk oh, about. Yeah. So are you going to do the bonus after season two? Yeah, after season two makes more sense because it goes... Fair enough. From it, like season two starts up its own thing, but like it's kind of directly after this. So I, I assume that there's a lot of lead in and fallout that's going to happen regardless of how this resolves. I mean, season... Well, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to volunteer and watch two terrible movies. <laughs> so it's Ooh, smart. That's no, fair, yeah. Get economical. <laughs> Yeah, we'll probably just go straight into season two, because fuck Adam Sandler. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we don't need to. Yeah, no, it's per series, not per season. <laughs> Lord, no. We did, I mean, we did all of we did all of Legend of the Galactic Heroes before we did a uh, bonus Yeah, film, that had four which was, single uh, alert. Yeah, that was like a million episodes. So, uh, yeah, till next time, uh, Space Anime? Cyberspace Anime. Yeah.